Hello and welcome all, this is Zach here back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, YouTube, and soon to be iTunes. You can currently find more info about Clutch Crew Sports at my Facebook page, Clutch Crew Sports. Hello, everybody. This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Eric and Connor, my other cousin. We're going to be talking about today how game two went. You know, all of us watched game two, so we're going to give a reaction video to that, as well as making our predictions for game three. And then also, we're going to show our DraftKings lineups, how well they did in game two, as well as our new lineups for game three. But before that, I'll let Connor introduce himself to the show. This is his first episode. So welcome to the show, man. Yeah, hey guys. Um, I'm Connor. I'm, as Zach said, I'm these guys' cousins. I'm the middle cousin in this group. I follow just about every sport there is out there to some extent. Everything from the big four sports to following the French Open right now and tennis that's going on right now. So I follow everything just a little bit. I know the NBA Finals is going on right now even though most of my sports watching around this time of year is hockey but (laughs) these guys don't really watch hockey but i'm ready to talk about the nba finals i followed the nba a little bit and excited to do this awesome all right so looking at back at game two the warriors won 109 to 104 and really to me that 18 to nothing run at the start of the third quarter was signaling pretty much the end of the game. You know, I've seen the Warriors do this so many times in the Portland series when Portland would have 17 point leads. And then, you know, you go like make popcorn or something and then come back and you're like, whoa, the game's tied. You know how to get to this. So the Warriors had a classic third quarter for them. I thought that the first half of the game, Toronto was dominating it but it, they weren't dominating it on the scoreboard because they they sent golden state to the line too many times kyle lowry in the first half played terrible defensively and offensively like i'm gonna go off on kyle lowry here for a second just because of the stupid fouls that he <laughs> caused in the game there were so many times where Golden State was in the bonus and Kyle Lowry would get too aggressive and try and go for a steal or something and and just have a senseless foul after a rebound, you know, like poking into into DeMarcus Cousins. And to me, that was in the first half what allowed the Warriors to get so many free throws and make the score closer than it really was. So I'm putting, you know, most of the blame on Kyle Lowry for this loss. I'd be interesting to hear what you guys think was the blame for the Raptors loss, though. Yeah, sure, man. Um, I'm going to agree with what you said, but I'm also going to add on to that a little bit. Um, Kyle Lowry was definitely a problem, but I'm putting this as just more of a team loss in general because in addition to Lowry, Siakam and Gasol also struggled. Siakam basically disappeared in this game from what I saw. In the first game, he was so dominant, making so many shots. I 
think he made like 11 shots in a row or something like that. But he was bad offensively in this game and just disappeared. And yeah, I see you got the stats on the screen there. Yep, Five yep. for 18. I'm pretty sure his only points besides the two free throws were dunks or layups. Like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he made a jump shot the whole game. And to me, what really hurt Toronto the most, I mean, obviously the 18-0 run, as you mentioned, was a huge dagger. But if you look back on it, Toronto missed so many wide-open shots in the first half of this game. I mean, they were winning at halftime. But Golden State went on a little run right before halftime which got mm-hmm. them uh, back to within a much closer margin. And you could just feel that the momentum of the game was shifting. I did not expect an 18-0 run to start the third quarter, but um, I, I guess I can't say I'm too surprised, though, with the way Toronto was playing. It just They were hesitant. They, I don't know, they, just, they weren't making their shots, and then you could tell that like rattled their confidence. So then they were... Instead of taking the shots, they were passing it to someone else, like looking for another option. I just don't know what happened, man, because they were so dominant feeling in the first game. I know in the last episode we did, Zach, like you had mentioned Mm -hmm. it, where in game one, it just felt like even when the Warriors were trying to make a run, that it wasn't going to matter. And Toronto was still going to win the game. But with this game, it was different. When Golden State went on their run to close out the first half, I just had a feeling that the second half was going to be different this time than it was in the first game. And my gut feeling ended up being right. But despite all that, they still even had a chance to win the game, but they couldn't get it done. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays forward going into game three with Golden State being at home now. But I don't necessarily think Toronto's out of it just yet but they really needed to win that game it was it was right there for the taking and they couldn't get it so that was that was my analysis of the game and Connor I'll look forward to hearing what you had to add to that and what your thoughts were on it yeah I mean you know I think the analysis I mean I am also with Zach that you know Kyle Lowry was part of the problem but I think Eric had the good point that it was really a team loss for Toronto because that, you know, they were missing all those shots in the first half. But really, you know, when it got down to it, like you were saying, they had a chance to win the game. And I remember watching that fourth quarter and it was really interesting seeing early on in the fourth quarter, Golden State had, they were passing the ball really well. They were finding open guys. They were getting open shots and they were knocking them down and they were, trying to put Toronto away you know they were I think they got up to like a 12 point lead at some point and I think Zach and I were talking when the game was going on and Zach said it's over Toronto's not coming back from this and I said well you know they could still have a chance and basically Toronto they started playing really good defense after Mm -hmm. all the Golden State passing around they figured out how to play defense against them and I think there was something like Golden State went like four minutes without a basket in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were just defense. But on the other end of that, Toronto would get down to the other end, and just like in the first half, they were getting these open shots, and nobody could hit them. Like Kawhi had a couple open threes that he missed. 
I know even Van Vliet, he played a good game, but he missed an open three. Siakam was missing shots. And, you know, they really had a chance there at the end to get back in the game and make it uh, a winnable game if they could have, with the defense they were playing, if they could have just knocked down those shots. And, I mean, I think it was just another case of, like you said, the 18-0 run. I mean, you can't, like, you, you can't play from behind against Golden State. With, we've seen this in the past. If you get behind against Golden State, especially late in the game, it's really difficult to come back. And, you know, Andre Iguodala there at the end, making that clutch shot. Yeah. We were also talking about in there um, on that last possession that Golden State had when Toronto was only down by three, or no, they were down by two. It was 106 to 104. And I think there was like 20, there was like 30 some seconds left, I think. And the announcers were mentioning like, you know, they don't want to let the shot clock run down. They don't want to let... Golden State used the whole shot clock. And so, you know, they held off on fouling at first because Steph Curry had the ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you don't want to foul Steph Curry because he's pretty much automatic from the free throw line. But then it got to a point where they had passed it over to Draymond. And they also made a pass to, I think it was Livingston they passed to. Mm-hmm. And Toronto had plenty of time that I don't know why they didn't foul in that scenario because they didn't foul and they eventually got the ball back to Steph who, you know, Iguodala and Iguodala made the shot and which if they had just fouled in that scenario, I don't know why they didn't foul Draymond to try and give themselves a better chance. Um, So I think it was just a lot of missed opportunities for Toronto, unfortunately for them. Um, You know, we'll have to see. I'm all, you know, I'm also with Eric that they needed to win this game because now mm-hmm. they're going to have to, if they want to win the series, they have to win a game in Oakland, um, which is obviously easier said than done. Um, you know, because especially a lot of people always talk about with like teams that haven't been in the playoffs for a long time have a really big home field, home court advantage like Toronto. You know, they been waiting for this moment for a really long time and you know the crowd was loud they were into the game and that can give you a big advantage um kind of like uh going over to the nhl for a second with the carolina hurricanes you know i don't know if they would have had the success they had if it wouldn't wasn't for their home crowd because they didn't play great on the road but when they came home the crowd was it was like the loudest arena in hockey over the course mm-hmm. of the, their homestand. Um, so a lot of people would think, you know, maybe Golden State doesn't have that advantage with the home court, but you got to remember that this is Golden State's last year in Oakland. Yeah. So yep. Yep. the crowd wants to see them win one more time before they leave. And it's just going to be difficult for Toronto to win a game in Oakland, I think. Um, yeah, I definitely... Uh agree with a lot of what you said there connor um and then going back on that last possession which you were detailing out my personal opinion on why they didn't foul draymond because apparently the coach nick nurse has said uh in a press conference after the game that he told them to foul anyone other than steph because clay was obviously out so steph was the premier free throw shooter on that team on that lineup everybody else 
probably shoots free throws from the 70 to 80 percent which you know you'll live with but you need time to, to get the ball back and score uh but when you look at when you watch the video of the game of the person who's by draymond in that instance it's danny green and danny green had just made that three-point shot to cut the lead to two so i think he was still feeling a little bit of like you know i just made that shot you know like sort of feeling and he kind of lost track of what his coach had said in that timeout before where you know you're supposed to foul draymond you know if some and i just think he had kind of a mental lapse there not necessarily as big of a lapse as jr smith did in last year's game one (laughs) that was that was you know that was the meme you know because there could be an argument like you know oh don't foul i I wouldn't support that argument, but uh, it's not as bad as the J.R. Smith one. But still, I feel like he was kind of, you know, still in that mindset of, oh, I just made that three, you know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and he wasn't thinking fully straight on that instance. But, um, yeah. you know, to, I forgot to mention this earlier. Another reason why, you know, after the game, when I was thinking so much about how you know, Kyle Lowry's the most to blame. Most to blame uh, <laughs> for this loss is because I looked up, you know, just now his contract, uh, and he's getting paid thirty-one million. Which I don't have the contract numbers for the whole team, but that's got to be the second most behind Kawhi, or even potentially more than Kawhi. Um, so that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Your best player, or potentially second to, you know, best player financially wise is fouling out in games only playing 28 minutes you know 13 points but his effort and his uh you know decision making i think really cost them he should be playing better because you know he's a multiple time all-star and you know he's been in the playoffs many times before you know it's not like this is his first it's their first trip to the finals but you know, they've gone up and they've lost to LeBron pretty much every year. Uh, but, well, going, uh, yeah, going back to the contract, like what you were saying, uh, Kawhi, that is larger than Kawhi's contract because Kawhi's contract's about $10 million less than that. Okay, yeah. So he's the highest paid player on their team, uh, which to me is inexcusable. You know, Steph Curry is the highest paid player in Golden State. And if he had a game like Kyle Lowry, you know, we'd be going off on him. Obviously, Steph is held to a higher standard than Kyle Lowry. But, you know, going back to kind of what Eric said, where he felt that tide turn from the second to third, uh, I thought that change was because of Steph. Steph in that first quarter, I don't think he scored any points, maybe like a free throw, but he just was not himself. The reporters were saying that he was sick, dehydrated or something, and he really kind of came alive in that second and third quarter and, and propelled them. Um, I think DeMarcus cousins had a big impact uh, from only playing eight minutes in game one to 28, getting 11 points, some crucial rebounds. He, I actually wrote down, I was writing down notes <laughs> and I wrote down in one instance where DeMarcus cousins played terrible defense on a play where he just kind of let somebody by him but then towards you know the as the game went on he gradually got better at defense uh and was much 
more contributive on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. Um, let me look at some other notes I've got here. Yeah, so on that final possession with uh, Iguodala, that was, you know, we I think we could be having a whole different story if on that Steph Curry pass to Livingston, if Kawhi intercepts that, and man, that was close. <laughs> that was a close, uh, you know, Livingston got there just before Kawhi would got there. Uh, and if Kawhi had gotten that, that would have been, you know, a free lane for a dunk. And it'd be a tie game, would have gone to overtime. And I think Toronto would have won that without Clay. I think the Warriors, you know, psyche would have been damaged. I think that Toronto was playing great defense there in that last five minutes. Um, they kind of switched their defensive style to, to, you know, Van Vliet was on Steph and he was harassing Steph. Uh, Van Vliet played great, by the way. Uh, but Van Vliet was harassing Steph and then everybody else was kind of playing his own defense. And that was really shutting down Golden State's offense in that last five minutes. So it'll be interesting, I think, to see if they continue that style of defense in game three in crucial moments where, you know, Steph might be the only player on the court. If Clay's not in there, that really scares you offensively. Well, I mean, so, I think yeah, going go. back to what you were talking about, um, going to, if, if that had happened and if Kawhi had intercepted that passing on overtime, I think you were right that I think Toronto would have won if they had managed to go to overtime because you said Clay, you know, Clay went to the locker room. He was, he was down and out. Um, and I think the other key for if that game, if the game had gone to overtime was DeMarcus Cousins was really tired. Like, I know the announcers were talking about it too at the end of the game. DeMarcus Cousins was laboring. He was really tired. You know, he needed to get out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even though he made such a big difference for them, um, it, I think it would have led to Toronto winning in overtime had they gotten there. Um, but I mean, along with DeMarcus Cousins, I think another big key for Golden State in that game was Draymond. Because, um, you know, in the first game, I don't remember exactly what the stats were in the first game, but Draymond had a pretty awful first game, game one. Yeah, he um, was like two for nine, I think, in the first game, which and is bad. <laughs> he, and also defensively, you know, look at Siakam's. He's the primary guy in Siakam, and Siakam had a great game one and a terrible game two, so he definitely improved on that end. So, Agreed. I, I noticed with uh, Draymond's defense uh, in this game compared to how he guarded Siakam in the first game, in the, in the first game, I noticed Draymond was more lax and kind of backing off on Siakam, I guess kind of daring him to shoot. But then that gave Siakam the space that he needed to be able to like make moves and like run by him and get easy scores. Or then, and then of course he was clicking on those jump shots. So if he took the jump shots, he was making them. But I noticed in game two that Draymond was playing more physical and more smothering approach on him and not giving him the space. And I think that was what affected uh, Siakam so much uh, and what was making him not play well compared to how he did in the first game. But I think ultimately, man, it just like, like you guys have mentioned how in the first half, like DeMarcus cousins in the first half, I remember was like, Oh, for three. 
with three fouls or something like that. And in the first mm-hmm. half, he was not good. And Steph Curry didn't make a field goal until just a few minutes left in the first half. The Raptors, while they did get up at 12 by one point, that lead could have been so much oh, bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have they could have got up by 30 at one point with as bad as Golden State was playing. Mm-hmm. And it's not every day that the Golden State Warriors are going to have lapses like that where they're not making shots. Because, I mean, other than Clay Thompson, no one was doing anything for Golden State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he yeah. got their first, like, 13 points or 11 points or something like that. And the fact that Toronto could not take advantage of that, that – hurt them so badly and because even if you know if they got up by like 25 30 even with golden state if they did go on a 18-0 run in that situation toronto could have still had the lead at that point you know mm-hmm. as opposed to then being down by like double digits yeah. so that that to me was the biggest difference and toronto's just going to have to be better i mean if they want to if they want to steal one of these games in oakland so yeah so like you said looking forward on this next you know this games three and four we'll talk mostly just game three coming up but i think that if clay was fully healthy if looney was healthy you know the same you know starting lineup that golden state had in game two and same health that i think we all would take them to win on their home court with carrying over the momentum from this game but with Clay's questionability and Looney's probably out for the series, rest of the series now, uh, I'm curious to see to hear who you guys think will win Game Three because it's a lot more complicated now with with Clay Thompson being out and if Steph, you know, is the only guy there and Iguodala's gotten hurt every game. Like the Golden State Warriors are are really going to need that strength in numbers in this game. So who do you guys have winning Game Three? Oh, just one quick question before we go into that. Has mm-hmm. I haven't uh, checked lately. Right before we got on, I meant to do this and I forgot. But has there been any update on Kevin Durant's availability, or is he ruled out, or do we know? I'll take I'll take a look at that. I don't think he's ruled out, but I think it's highly unlikely. Um, um yeah, you guys keep talking. I'll take a look. Yeah, I think it's going to be Game Four at the earliest on Durant. So. I wouldn't plan for him being in that's, there. That's uh, interesting because that's what they've said like every game. Like, exactly, with, man. With, with I, game one, with game one, <laughs> they were like, "Well, we're looking at game two at the earliest," and then before game two, they're like, "Well, now we're looking at the first home game in Oakland as the earliest." And I swear, dude, like they were talking about that in the Houston series. They were saying, "Oh, if if he might need to come back for game seven, you know," and. All throughout that Portland series, I mean, every game they were like, okay, Kevin Durant's going to miss this next game. Then he'll be, you know, potentially be back for this game. And they say yeah. it's a, if it's really a just a calf strain, you know, it's a pretty bad calf strain for – I saw earlier he's almost been out a month now. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you're not out that long for a calf strain. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Especially what it's saying playoffs. is – Right, yeah, the playoffs, you want to come back. Um, I mean, Steve Kerr is kind of, you know, he's skating around it. He said, this This is the comment that he made, um, is that he said he thinks Durant only needs one practice. 
He's like, he said, if Durant is cleared for one practice between games two and three, he thinks that's all he needs. And he could return game three or game four. But, you know, at this point, you got to everything with a grain of salt because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, like you said, that's what they've been saying that, you know, he's probably coming back and he'll be back for this game. Oh, he might be back for this game. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at this point, who really knows? Yeah, so I think the bigger question mark, though, or and the one that's more could go either way is Clay Thompson because I believe it was a strained hamstring injury he suffered. Uh, that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah and what? Because I I told Eric this when uh, the game was going live. When he got hurt, I was like, "Wait, how did he get hurt?" Because I saw a few plays before that where it looked like, oh, man, he might have gotten hurt on that play. And then, you know, when he was walking up, and he was obviously in pain, he was, like, trying to say, like, foul just so that he could get off the the court. But I guess the refs kept the game going, and then uh, Ibaka, I think, made a three-pointer while that was going on because, obviously, it was a five-on-four game. You know, you should be able to score a a basket with five-on-four. But... It looked to me like he got hurt, you know, a few series before that. And that gives me a little bit more of a confidence that he'll play because if it was really so bad, you know, he would have been out immediately. So it kind of came back to him. It's, you know, hamstring injuries, Leonard Fournette last year was like, what, you know, what is he going to be back or not? Like people, you know, it's so hard to predict that. Um, but I do have a little bit of confidence in him coming back. And I also think that he he's one of those guys that he's never missed a playoff game in his career. So he's very motivated to play. Whereas I think someone like Durant has got that, you know, big free agency coming up. And also if Golden State loses, he can be like, they need me because they lost without me. You know, whereas Clay's been here since the beginning. He's, you know, a splash brother. He's he's, you know, just as much as the Warriors as Steph is. So he's motivated to play. He wants to play. I think more so than Durant would want to play. Um, but you know, he's you know this injury just happened on Sunday, and the game's on Wednesday. Uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? The game. Um, the game was on Sunday. Sunday. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a two days in between period. So if he plays, if he doesn't plays, you know that you know could swing the balance in your predictions. Um, no, I'm going to go in with assuming Durant's not playing. Yeah, I I would assume that he's not. (laughs) (laughs) So it's tough because Golden State on their home court, you know, they, their home court this year hasn't been as big of an advantage like Connor was talking about earlier. But at this stage, you got to think that it's going to be an advantage, obviously. So I've got Golden State winning this game. Um, I'm going to say Steph has a like even better game than game one. I say he goes for 40 because he's going to be playing the entire game pretty much. I think Draymond will at least get you a double double flirt with a triple double. It might not be the, you know, most the biggest triple double or double double, but he'll come up in key moments. Iguodala has been here many times before. I think he'll, you know, he made that, shot with like five seconds left so he's got to be feeling really confident whereas i think toronto 
has a lot of question marks right now with their confidence levels. I got you, man. Um, I with the Clay Thompson injury thing, though. I'm gonna. I mean, obviously, I'm no doctor. I don't know anything for sure. I mean, yeah. this is all speculation. What I'm about to say here, but I'm gonna disagree a little bit with that in terms of what you said. I what I worry about is because I know you. I, I mean, what you mentioned was good about him um, being able to play through it for a while before he ultimately had to go out. Mm-hmm. But what I kind of wonder is, is if what if he somehow made it worse by staying in the game? You know, I'm, I'm almost wondering if when he first felt the pain, if maybe he should have gone out and tried to get checked up on a little bit and then maybe try to test it and then see mm-hmm. if he could go. And then instead of just pushing through it, because sometimes you can make an injury worse by doing that. Now, obviously, yeah. I don't know for sure. But well, just what concerned me was when I was, you know, looking up his status for the game, when like right after the game, he said there was no doubt that he was going to, you know, that he was for sure going to play. But then the next day a report came out, well, they have to test it and he's got to go through all this. Like, that's concerning for me. So, yeah, right. I don't like, know. like, you know, you see that in the NFL a lot, too, um, where guys they'll just kind of have like a minor injury in the game and you know but they'll still be able to go because at that point you're just going off of adrenaline um Mm -hmm. but then you come back later when you actually go to the doctor and they go well yeah that's actually a lot worse than you thought it was yeah i i that concern that concerns me with that like i remember of course is uh jack's fan zach i remember probably Mm -hmm. remember that game where paul pizlesny like the play looked really bad and basically like his shoulder got like ripped out of his socket (laughs) and somehow he (laughs) finished the game. I don't know how, man, I would have been like, yeah, no, Mm -hmm. forget this. I'm out. But he, uh, he kept playing. But then of course, then the report came out after the game that he had to have surgery and was out for the year. Now with Clay Thompson, I know his injury is not, you know, that level of severity, but I don't know. Just the fact that it, he said at first he didn't think he was going to miss the game. And then now there's all these question marks like that concerns me to where, even if he does play, is he going to be a hundred percent? And like, I know we haven't got to the DraftKings lineups yet, but I had him in my lineup when I first read that report. But then after that second report, I lost confidence and said, I've got to get him out of my lineup and make changes, which I did. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick Toronto to win the game. Um, now, there's another reason for this. Um, another sports side that I listened to, like, uh, mentioned this, which I found to be really interesting. But apparently, when Kawhi Leonard was with the Spurs, he played better when playing games in Oracle than he <laughs> did on his home court, which was really interesting because usually 99.9% of players play better when they're on their home court than on an away court. But for whatever reason, he goes off in Oracle and I don't, you know, who knows, you know, he's on a different team now. So who knows if, Mm -hmm. you know, he will here, but with golden state, just so banged up, I don't feel like Toronto is going to shoot that badly two games in a row. I mean, they're shooting. It's like, I don't know if you can scroll down to, yeah. Toronto stats on the screen, like to see what their total uh, field goal percentage was. But 
Um, 37%. 37%. 37%. And then 28.9% from, so 30% from three. Yeah. But I mean, look at all these, you know, guys on here, you know, you got a two of seven, four of 11, five of 18. I mean, I just don't see them being that That bad. bad. (laughs) I mean, that, that was just an awful shooting night for them. And they still had a chance to win the game. So, I am going to pick Toronto in the upset. Um, they know it's a must-win game. They're going to—they're feeling the pressure now after you know blowing this last game. I, to me, this is an all-or-nothing game. I mean, to me, this game is going to be the one that decides the series. I—I I think whoever wins this game wins the series. So, um, and I'm rooting mm-hmm. for Toronto to win the series, but obviously that's yeah. not just why I'm picking them. I, I feel like <laughs> right. they can steal this game. Uh, with all of the injuries and question marks that Golden State has, so that, that's my thought. I have I won't give a score prediction just yet, um, and if I do, if I am wrong, I'm just going to blame it on that. Uh, you know, Golden State wasn't as injured as we thought, and uh, <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to blame it on that. Like if Clay Thompson plays and goes off for 50 points, be like, well, you know, I didn't think he was going to play, so otherwise I. Would <laughs> <laughs> so be, Connor, what what's your yeah. So yeah. Um, Connor, uh, what's your? Then I'll really be regretting not drafting him in my lineup. But yeah. So Connor, what's your what's your thoughts going into Game Three? Yeah. No. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I think kind of like what Zach said. If Clay was for sure going to play and he was healthy, then no question, I'd be picking the Warriors in this game. Um, you know, they're coming back to their home court, and they are the Golden State Warriors after all. So it's a hard team to pick against. Um, I'm actually kind of on the fence. I am not sure who I want to pick because I hadn't actually heard about that second Clay Thompson report until we were talking about this earlier. Um, like, you know, before we started this, I hadn't actually heard that. So I thought he was still going to play. Like I knew he wasn't going to be a hundred percent, but I thought he was still going to play and, you know, that he would be okay. Um, so, it's it's a tough call, but I think I probably still have to stick with the Warriors. Um, Steph Curry, you know, he like you said, he had a terrible start to the last game. Um, and even then, his stats after that, his stats really weren't that impressive. Um, like he's, I can't remember, he didn't have a great game one either, did he? He had a pretty good game one. Yeah, he had like, like it was, 34 points. Obviously right, they lost, but he, right, was right, like right. Only, he was like their... You know, Clay gave him twenty five, but that's Steph right. I'm was thinking, like, yeah, I'm thinking of Kawhi. Um, okay. Yeah, no, but I, I think he'll have a good game. I mean, it is going to be tough if Clay's not in there because obviously now they can focus a lot more on Steph Curry, especially behind the arc, because um, mm-hmm. you know Draymond can sometimes hit a three. Um, you know, Iguodala obviously they leave him it, wide open. <laughs> like, yeah, I know they, 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 they were doing they that yesterday. No, yeah, yeah, or they, they were doing no, that last game. <laughs> yeah, they have uh, no problem with letting him shoot. Right. He has. So, I th- he's developed yeah, he's, kind he, of a restraint, he, I think, because earlier, you know, in his career, he would take those a lot, but he's kind of, you know, over time, I think, realized, hey, maybe it's not such a good idea. Maybe I should pass it to Steph to for, let Steph or Clay shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was kind of like. Um, uh, what was his name? The guy on Duke this year. Um, I can't uh, remember. Barrett? No, not Barrett. The who was the other guy? Um, Trey Jones. 
undo oh, yeah. how like he was supposed to be this big three-point threat and you know every time uh I, I saw a game with duke you know they would just leave him like you know anytime he got yeah. the ball behind the arc they would just play way off him because they were just like you know daring him to shoot it um but yeah so and like i said you know Igadala is obviously a threat behind the line um not as you know big as like clay or steph but he can still hit them for sure um mm-hmm. But I, I think Steph will have a good game. I think he'll rise to the occasion, especially coming off of a subpar previous game. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest question for me as to whether I was going to pick Golden State or Toronto is I don't know if Draymond can put up the same kind of results that he did uh, in last game. Because I think you know if he can play like that, then... I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Toronto to beat Golden State because obviously, you know, the way he was defending Siakam and, you know, you mentioned in the previous podcast about how Toronto really doesn't have a reliable second option. Mm-hmm. And obviously with the way that Lowry's been playing, you know, if Draymond's playing good defense on Siakam and Siakam can't get going, that really doesn't leave anybody to help Kawhi anymore. I mean, you know, Danny Green's a decent player, but I don't know if he can really be that second guy. And also Van Vliet, who had a really good game, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a sixth man, you know, he's not in the starting lineup. So can he be that second guy with Kawhi if Siakam and Lowry can't get going? Um, But I still think that Golden State's going to take game three. It's really hard for me to pick against the Warriors when they're on their home court. I mean, I know, like you said, they've been off this year on their home court, and it was a really big shock. Especially, I remember at the start of the season, there was something like 500 on their home court, and nobody expected that. It was really crazy. Um, But I think Golden State will take – I think it will be another close game. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. The key is obviously going to be Toronto needs to not let Golden State go off on the the big third quarter run. Yeah. And I'm also, I agree with Eric, I don't think that Toronto is going to shoot nearly as bad in this next game as they did in game two. Because it was just ridiculous. The shots that they were missing, especially there at the end of the game, when you need those shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know... And, and, you know, if they can keep up the same amount of defense, then they certainly have a chance. Um, And I think Eric was also right about this game is going to be the pivotal game. You know, everybody was talking about last game, you know, if Toronto could win game two, then, you know, they probably had a good chance to win the series. And it was going to be telling. Like, Mm -hmm. if Toronto won game two, then it was going to be... Uh, is this game the series the like the series. right? And is the series like you know is more likely to go to six or seven games? Um, whereas if Golden State won Game Two, then it was just going to be a huge momentum crusher. And you know who who's to say that Golden State can't just go on a run here and win the next three games? Um, but yeah, to, this is really is you hardly ever hear it when a series is tied at one. Um, but this really is win for Toronto because mm-hmm. if they don't win then you know it's likely that Golden State goes on to win game four and then they're going to have to it's going to be a real uphill battle after that because then they're going to have to win the last three in a row with which means they're going to have to win two games in Oakland if they want to take the series yeah, so it'll uh 
it'll have to be like LeBron did on Golden State in right. 2015 when, yeah, when which, the Cavs won those three games. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be pivotal, but I'm, I'm going to take the Warriors in this one. Not by much, but yeah, I'm going to take oh, the Warriors. I, I'm not going to take them by much either, and, and it's going to be a good game. And, I'm you know, that's why I was so excited for these finals because – you know, it's something other than the Cavs Warriors, and also because <laughs> the last two years, you know, we got a good idea that the Warriors, you know, have the Cavs number and and stuff. So having a different challenger, I think, is uh, is making this a lot more entertaining. Which know, is refreshing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I remember. Um, you know, I have a friend who. Since, since I'm mostly a hockey fan when it comes to this time of year, but I had a friend that, you know, over the past couple of years, we'd be talking because he's not a big fan of the NBA, um, but we'd be talking, we'd be talking about hockey and it'd be like, oh, what's going on in the NBA? Oh, it's just Cavs Warriors again, you <laughs> yeah. know? Same old, same old. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's it's kind of like how, um, kind of like how the college football playoff is around these days too, you know? It's just like, who's made the college football playoff? Oh, it's Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Really, Alabama, yeah. Clemson. You yeah. know, um, so yeah, it's their first game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it is refreshing to see a different opponent, and it's a new, like you said, it's a new challenge. And I think the difference here really is, I think Toronto has a lot more weapons than Cleveland did, because obviously, you know, Braun when he well last series. The first time when they won, obviously they had Kyrie, so Cleveland actually had some uh, players to complement LeBron. But we saw it, you know, in the third series, and especially last year in the finals. You know, LeBron was just a one-man show; he didn't have anybody helping him out. And, so, and also with those two series, Durant outplayed LeBron, and right. if Durant's going to outplay LeBron, then the, uh, then the Cavaliers are against who? You know, like you know, right? Like, so yeah, the the Cavs didn't have enough firepower we're, to match. Uh, yeah, right. And so I think this is probably you know the Raptors are going to give the first real test to the Warriors. You know, since that, I think it was was it the second time that yeah, it was, since the second series against the Cavaliers, this is the first. I think they're going to be tested. I still think that, you know, since I wasn't here before, like my series prediction, but, yeah. you know, I had the Warriors winning in six at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and after seeing, after seeing game one and even after seeing game two, you know, just seeing how the Raptors could stay in it, even when they were playing so badly on the offensive zone, mm-hmm. um, I, I think this series will go seven games. I mean, I still got the Warriors, but... I, yep. I think it'll go the seven games. Okay, so you so you originally thought it was going to be six, and now you're yeah. saying seven. Yeah, okay. I originally had see, Warriors in six, but now I got Warriors in seven. See, I'm going to say... <laughs> if Toronto had won last night, I might have changed it to Toronto, but... Mm-hmm. See, for me, I'm thinking, like, if it's going to go six, I think Golden State's going to win because game six will be in Oakland. But All I right. think if it goes game seven, that'll mean... Most likely, that'll mean that Toronto's won Game 6 in Oakland, and then they'll have Game 7 on their home court. And if it goes to that situation, I would give the edge to Toronto. But Mm -hmm. I'm still going to stick with my original Golden State in 6. I feel like Golden State will will win these next 
you know, they'll take care of business and win at home. I'll give Toronto another win in game five on their home court. But, you know, obviously I want this to go seven. Um, that'd be awesome. But we'll, uh, we'll move into our draft. Well, but before you do that, I'm interested yeah. to see. Um, I know, Eric, you were talking about last podcast that you had changed your uh, you thought that Toronto was going to win the series after game one. What are you thinking now? Well, for right now, with all the injuries that the Warriors have, I'm still sticking with the Raptors in seven. Um, now, but I will say if if Golden State went, like, if, say if Clay Thompson isn't really available to play or he doesn't play or plays limited minutes and then Golden State still wins this game three, then I'll be off the bandwagon of feeling like I think Toronto is going to win. <laughs> okay. um, but, if, but I, I think, I just still think with all of the injuries and question marks that golden state has, I mm-hmm. still feel like Toronto has a chance. Um, <laughs> but one thing I was thinking about mentioning earlier, I didn't know if I would or not, but um, I think I will. It was crazy because before the series started, I didn't think there would be like any scenario where Toronto would be the team that was feeling the pressure because, you know, Golden State's trying to three P and, you know, Toronto's never been there before. So they had nothing mm-hmm. to lose really. So I thought for sure that the pressure was going to be on the Warriors to win the whole time. But after all these injuries that Golden State, they already had Durant out, but then after the, injuries that have happened in games one and two and then with Toronto not being able to win that second game on their home court I feel like the pressure has shifted to Toronto Um, I agree especially after how badly they shot and everything in game two they're under pressure right now and Mm -hmm. so it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to step up and overcome the pressure and steal a game on the road or if they're going to fall apart and Golden State's going to run away with it. Like yeah. I kind of feel like if Golden State wins this game, that they win the series in five games if they win this oh, game. Wow. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it, but whereas if I think if if Toronto can you know steal this game three, I think Toronto regains the momentum and shifts the pressure back to Golden State. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, that's why I said earlier. I think this is a make or break game. I think whoever wins this game ultimately wins the series so that's, I guess that's my final thoughts on, on, the, yeah. on the predictions there right yeah and like you said about the pressure you know how the pressure was on golden state to three-peat and perform but now it's like looking at toronto and how good of a team they are it's like okay well you should be able to beat them now you know they've got all these injuries without durant clay's hurt looney's injured he so why can't not 100%. right? You get all hundred percent. So why can't you beat them? Like if you're supposed to be this really good team, you know, and you got Kawhi Leonard, why can't you win? Yeah. So definitely, I, yeah, I definitely definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right. So looking over at our DraftKings, how the lineups went for Game Two. Uh, Connor wasn't in the last episode, but he did go ahead and make a lineup. Uh, in our same group, and he got first place with Woo! 232 points. <laughs> yep, got that first place. Um, and then I finished in third, about uh, 11 points um, behind 
uh, or ten point, eleven or ten points behind uh, Connor, and then Eric finished in seventh place, about thirty or so points, um, thirty to forty. So he was solidly behind me, and then obviously Connor. But um, Connor, since you won, I'll let you go ahead and say you know how well your players did. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and what yeah, your because no. you always you didn't. You didn't say your lineup, uh, so you can share your lineup and how. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was pretty pleasantly surprised on how well they did, um, because I took Eric's approach and I took Siakam as my captain uh, going (laughs) into the game, which turned out to be not the greatest decision in the world. As you see, he only got forty-four and a quarter points, um, Mm -hmm. which I know that's that's what really hurt Eric this time around. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to pick Siakam as my captain again, taking Eric's route. So that way I could decide whether I wanted to take Curry or Kawhi and have them on my team as well. Um, and I made the right decision and took Kawhi. You see, he got 60 points. Um, it was really interesting in our group this time, as you can see, we had 10 people in our group and only me, Zach, and the guy who got second actually took Kawhi. Nobody else took Kawhi, um, which I thought was really interesting. And also what was really interesting was um, I was the only person who didn't take Steph Curry on my team because I saw when we were on Zach's page that Steph Curry had a 90% draft rate. Yeah, he did. Um, and most I, people had him as captains too. Right. I was the only one who didn't take Steph Curry, um, which turned out to be good because he had an off night. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had Kawhi with those 60 points. Um, Clay Thompson obviously had a big beginning to the game. Um, you know, he was the, he was Golden State's leading scorer. So that helped, um, Van Vliet, um, not much I can say about him, but he played a great game for someone coming off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he made a, a bunch, a couple of clutch threes there <clears throat> towards the end of the game. Um, Iguodala, I think I mentioned earlier that I think his uh, his three pointer there at the end of the game is what probably put me over the top, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the group, otherwise I probably would have gotten second. Um, and then Abaka, I I wasn't. He was probably the one I was I was really unsure about taking Abaka, um, but because I know you know he's he'd played decently with the Thunder in the past, you know when they'd been in the playoffs and everything, but you know he's obviously getting older. You know, um, so I wasn't sure, but I was also surprised with him. I mean, you know, and, you know, almost had a double double, which is pretty surprised. I would think would be quite rare for Serge Ibaka. So, um, yeah, I was I was I was happy with my team. Um, I was like I said, I was I was pretty shocked, especially with when I saw Siakam wasn't having a good night. I did not expect to go on DraftKings and find my team in first. (laughs) Yeah. And uh the Abaka thing, he he actually outplayed Gasol. Yeah, was that, that, cheaper, that was, that was one of my choices. I was wondering if I wanted to take Gasol or if I wanted to, you know, get it, go a little bit cheaper and take Abaka so I could put, you know, like Van Vliet on my team. So, uh, and the crazy thing is, looking at the minutes now, Ibaka only played sixteen minutes. And Gasol played 31 minutes right. in that game, too. And he actually had a better... Obviously, his stats were better, but his fantasy stats were better, too. Slightly better. 
they're playing about like half the amount of minutes that Gasol did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Connor's lineup was, and I noticed this earlier, like he had three players that I also had and three players from Eric's team. Um, and the three players that I shared with him were good. You know, that's why I got third place. I had <laughs> they were <my> good. Other... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my other three players, uh, I had Curry as my captain, but pretty much everybody had Curry as the captain, so I figured that wasn't going to be... If he does extremely well or extremely bad, that's not going to really impact me because everybody, most everybody else has him in that Pro- Probably what saved me, that there wasn't more people <laughs> that took like Draymond or Kawhi as captain. Yeah, and if... And also, if Curry had like a huge game where in the captain role he had like eighty or something, that also could have hurt. You still would have probably won, but um, it would have been interesting to see. Eric might have, you know, won, but so we won't look too much more into how that went. But uh, just to let you guys know the standings and everything, and that Connor did get first, I got third, and yeah. Eric got second. I I just wanted to share a quick thing if you could put my team up sure. um obviously with um i had siakam at captain like connor did but obviously that wasn't the main thing that hurt me because obviously connor won with siakam as his captain and i finished in seventh with siakam as my captain mm-hmm. so the move the two moves that hurt me the most um aside from that were one not picking Kawhi over stuff Mm-hmm. Um, cause Steph Curry got like 40, whereas Kawhi had 20. So as you can see, even though I finished way behind Connor and Zach, I only finished slightly more than, let's see, it looks like it was slightly more than 10 points out of placing in the top five, which would have given me money. Mm-hmm. So that was a 20 point swing that would have put me at, instead of, a, uh, you know, 108, I would have been at, let's see, I guess subtract the, that would have put me at 208. So I would have been, I would have been in fifth place. Yeah. So the other thing that really hurt me was, and I, Zach, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you or not, but I want to say I did um, before the game. So Danny Mm -hmm. Green was my biggest pain on the whole team because he cost (laughs) me like 5,000 and only got me 15 points yeah and DeMarcus Cousins that game because of how few minutes he played in the first game his salary plummeted all the way to 5,400 yeah he was super cheap nobody started him nobody played him and I had Mm -hmm. 500 salary difference that I did not spend and I had thought about trading wow. out Danny Green for um, <laughs> DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins. And DeMarcus Cousins Ooh, got like, he got like 35 points, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So again, that would have been another 20-point swing. And that would have financially been acceptable. It would have been doable. I mean, I, I mean I you, would have would have been, you would have been second, actually, if you had made the Kawhi difference and the um, the Cousins yeah, difference. It, you would have been so second. You would have had 228. It sucks because I, you know, I had told Zach going into it that I didn't feel like super confident with my lineup i didn't hate my lineup but i just i just had trouble finding a combination of players that i felt was right and then you know then looking back on it i you know my gut feeling there was definitely correct but i just didn't have enough confidence to start demarcus cousins with him not playing much Mm -hmm. in the first game but i did feel like he was going to 
play more. I felt like they needed a, another big guy in there. But so that those two decisions were ultimately what cost me, you know, finishing, you know, out of the money instead of finishing yeah. in the money. So definitely disappointing for sure. So I'll be hoping for a rebound here and in our game. Three rebound. A rebound. <laughs> a, a basketball term. <laughs> um, so I, I think now that since Eric got first place in game one, Connor got first place in game two. Okay. I think it's going to be only natural and only right if I get first place in game three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Which, you finished you know, in the money both times, so you, know, I have finished. you can't get too <laughs> greedy here. Uh, hopefully, I Calm can down, sir. Uh, <laughs> but so I'll go ahead and uh, and share my lineup that will finish in first place. Everybody, um, <laughs> I've got Curry as my captain. interesting bold statement there, Cotton. Yeah, very bold. Yep, it is bold, but. <laughs> You know, this is the, and this is crazy when I did, I didn't expect it to be like this, but I actually spent all of my money in this lineup and normally you're left with a couple hundred, but I've got, you know, I guess if a computer was running this, they might come up with this lineup because it gives all the money. But, um, I've got Curry as my captain. Like I said before in the prediction, I think he'll go out for 40 with clay, not being there or clay, not being clay. That's going to give more opportunities for Steph. And like Eric said in the first game, shooting percentages don't matter in this. Steph could go like from the three point line, like seven of 21 or seven of like 30. You know, not great, but that's seven threes and they give you extra points for threes. So he's got really good potential being on his home court, you know, wanting to, wanting to show up, be that, you know, hero. Um, Going for that first finals MVP, I think he'll have a big game. And then I've got Draymond Green for the first time in my lineup. I think he, like I said earlier, I think he's a guaranteed double-double. I don't think he'll have as good of a game as he did before, but, you know, they are playing at home, and he did, you know, find a way to score. He got 17 points in that game. So his salary is the second most expensive on my team. And then I've got Siakam and this is a case of like, you know, when you're doing, when you're in the stock market, you know, buying, uh, what's it, buying low, selling high, they say. Uh, Siakam, after that first game, you know, his price soared up because he had that, those huge stats. Then game two, you know, everybody like Eric and Connor who started him, he didn't live up to that expectation. But now that he had that, you know, kind of bad game, He's, his price dropped to 9400 so I'm hoping that he, you know, I don't expect him to ha- I don't expect him at all in this series to have a game like game one, but if he does better than what he did in that last game, I think he'll, he should be fine in a fine addition for my lineup. Van Vliet, I still don't understand why DraftKings doesn't raise his value up even more than that. He's only at 6200 I know he's not a starter, but looking at the minutes, the guy played... 38 minutes, which was that, that was third, like the third most on the Raptors, it was the third wasn't it? most on their team. Yep, and I know they ride the hot hand, but still, uh, with Lowry, who I expect to get into foul trouble again, <laughs> probably <laughs> tank be, again. Yeah, I mean, like Lowry, if he gets in foul trouble again, and obviously if Lowry has a huge game, I'm gonna you know have to come on this show next time and and really apologize for that. But 
But maybe he, maybe he needs to listen to this and get himself fired up. You know? <laughs> there's this, there's uh, this guy named Zach who's ripping on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan, and I am a Van Vliet fan, though. So I think uh, I think their coach is going to give him more minutes. I think for the value that he is, uh, it's a no-brainer pick. I expect. I think both you guys have him as well. So he's probably going to be... You know, I don't. He's not going to be thirty percent started like he did in that last game. So he's kind of a pick I think most people will have. And then I've got two, you know, cheaper players that I needed to round out my team: Danny Green and Sean Livingston. And Danny Green was only thirty six hundred, and he's still a starter on their team. I know he only had twenty six minutes, but for a starter to be that cheap, I thought was you know crazy and. He had a bad game too, but the thing with Danny Green is he's you know he's hot or cold. He'll he'll have a game like last game where he'll be so cold, then he'll have a game where he's you know got potentially twenty five points, and that would be a huge uh, outperformance in his salary. So he's there kind of as like a boomer bust type of you know in, in fantasy football talk, you know boomer bust type of player. And then Sean Livingston is the cheapest guy on my team, twenty eight hundred. Uh, if Clay doesn't play, those minutes are he's going to get more minutes. And I thought he was, you know, kind of cheap. He's not a big scorer or anything, but he'll grab some rebounds. Playing at home, those role players on the Warriors tend to play better. So I've got him mainly just because of how cheap he is, and I didn't have that much money left though. So <laughs> I'm not expecting great things from Livingston, but I still do feel like this, you know, this is going to be my first one without uh, Kawhi and Steph, though. So that'll be interesting to see how that what goes. You, yeah. Um, so I'll let Connor go through his lineup now. <laughs> um, yeah, so my lineup this time, I was actually pretty surprised when I found out that uh, you didn't have any money left on your lineup because I have, you know, two hundred. I still have both Steph and Kawhi on my team. Um, decided to go with Steph as the captain this time. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a bounce back game, especially being in front of the home crowd. Um, I think he's going to have a big game. I wanted to take Kawhi again because, I mean, he really has to be the guy that's going to carry this team at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, see, we thought after game one that maybe Siakam could help him out. Um, but obviously, you know, if Draymond keeps up the defense and Siakam keeps missing, that's not going to happen. And, you know, we've all seen how Kyle Lowry's played to this point. So um, not much <laughs> <laughs> not much confidence um, in many of the Raptors players. And as I say that, I have three Raptors players on my team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, Steph and Kawhi um, – then I decided I was going to go with DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I was surprised he wasn't more expensive, actually, because I didn't have him originally when I first made it. But as I was going back through, I saw that. I was like, oh, he's actually kind of cheap. I could, you know, put him in my lineup, um, you know, and if he has anything close to resembling the game he played last game, you know, if he can actually, you know, have a good first quarter, you know, because I mean, you know, outside the first quarter, his game was great uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. So if he can put a complete game together, I think Demarcus Cousins could be a big asset. Um, 
Van Vliet, like you said, um, I was really impressed with him. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to take him this time because I think Toronto's just Toronto's going to keep giving him the minutes. I mean, as mm-hmm. long as as long as Lowry keeps playing the way he's been playing and as long <laughs> as, uh, you know, if Danny Green's having an off night, then Van Vliet's going to get the minutes. And um, I think he can make the most of his opportunities. Serge mm-hmm. uh, Ibaka again. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised with how he did. Also, mainly because I think Marcus All was a bit too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided I'd go with Ibaka again. That might be a bit of a mistake. Um, I don't uh, know how like how likely he is to have two good games in a row. But I don't um, think it is a mistake just because he his price actually dropped despite him having mm-hmm. a good game. So to me, he's even got a little more. You know, value than he did in the last game. Like I, yeah. I picked him in my lineup too. Like I, I don't think it's a mistake at all. I, I think it's a, I think it's a solid move on your part. Yeah. Well, and also, you mean I think, I think also Zach and I. Well, I don't know if we talked about this, but you know, he might start get to get more minutes. You know, especially with the so, way he, yeah. with the way he played, and I think we were talking about that with uh, Andrew Bogut too. You know, we mm-hmm. were debating, but before if maybe you might want to take Andrew Bogut because he didn't play at all in the first game. Um, but he did play how many minutes he played last game, but he didn't play a whole lot of minutes, but in the few minutes that he played, he actually had a decent game. And so, yeah. cause we were talking about, you know, with the injury to Looney on the warriors, you know, what kind of big men they would have, um, you know, since he's out, yeah, he played seven minutes, but yeah. you saw in that time he made, he was three for three on his field goals in that time. Um, <clears throat> so I think, that's kind of how I was feeling with Abaka with the same thing. I think he might get more minutes, especially with how underperforming uh, Marcus Gasol was in the last game. Uh, and then I round out my lineup with Quinn Cook. Um, he was kind of my kind of how Zach took Livingston because of Clay being out. I decided I wanted to take Quinn Cook because of Clay being out because um, Quinn Cook gives Golden State another three point threat behind the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had nine points in game two, and they were all yeah. three-pointers. So um, Golden State's another threat behind the arc besides Steph Curry in the next game. So, um, And also, I think Quinn Cook is uh, – I think he'll do well for me. All right. I'm hoping Let's to defend in. my title. <laughs> yeah, you got to defend that championship. Okay, so um... – with my lineup, I actually I did have Van Vliet earlier when I had Clay Thompson in my lineup, but then when I had to get Clay out, I had to make some adjustments. So I actually don't have him. But um, the reason why I don't have him is because I went with more of a star-studded lineup as I Zach see. has been yeah. using in the first two games. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get both Steph and Kawhi on my team, and I really wanted Draymond too. So I didn't necessarily want. Draymond to be my captain, but that was the only way I could afford him and Steph and Kawhi at the same time. All so, that money, <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah, all about that money. So I kind of, um, I kind of went with a similar approach that I did in the last one, also just in terms of the fact that I picked a slightly cheaper player to be my captain, so that I could spend more money on all of my utility players. So, and I, I don't see Draymond stopping his production, even if he doesn't score like as many points he's still gonna he passes the ball a lot he's gonna get his assists he's gonna get his rebounds 
He's going to um, play the whole game, he, pretty much. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be out. He's, he's going to be the be one guy there. they're not going to take off the court, pretty much. He's going to be out there for yeah. He's going to be out there for at least forty minutes. So I'm trusting him to get his numbers, and obviously. I agree with you guys, too, that I do expect Steph to have a better game because I don't know what was going on with him in the first quarter of that last game, but he seemed, like, sick or something, and they were giving him energy gels or whatever, and <laughs> whatever that, whatever that, those Injecting are. him with Gatorade, you know. <laughs> yeah, he said he yeah. wanted an IV. He had to get an IV after the game. Yeah, that was crazy, <laughs> so I don't know, man. But I, I expect him to be better in this game, and... Kawhi is Kawhi, same thing. I mean, these guys are, you know, these high salaries for a reason. So um, they're going to get their points. Um, and then with my three more of like role players, um, I have all Raptors players uh, in mind. Danny Green, he pissed me off in the last game with his, <laughs> you know, 15 points, but his salary then because of that, you know, plummeted pretty dramatic, you know, pretty mm-hmm. dramatically there. So similar to, what Zach said with the stock market comparison with him having a low salary right now, I'm, I'm buying in. And, um, my other two Ibaka and Powell Ibaka, I, I went with just like Connor did, uh, his salary actually dropped a couple hundred dollars and he had a pretty good game despite the limited minutes. And I do, I do agree that I think he could see some more minutes. And then with Powell at 2,400, he was one that, I remember in the first game that Zach and I did together, um, he was a big reason why Zach and I finished in the top five, but it was because we didn't have him. I think like, <laughs> I, I think like, I think like five or six people picked him, and he only played like five minutes and got like four fantasy points or something. It was really – I don't know if you remember exactly what it was, Zach, but it, it was it, it was he really didn't, bad. He didn't have a good game. You, yeah, when I was he, watching the game, I didn't you know, see him at all doing anything. So Yeah, he was only in there for five minutes. So at that point, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to pick you know him ever in this series. But, but then in game two, he played for about 21 minutes, and you know he was decent from the field and – you know, got a couple assists and a steal, you know, I had the, these other little stats in there. So I'm thinking, and his salary, I think, dropped too, actually, which was surprising to me. Uh, Probably just, just like based Ibaka's off of did. the first game. It's pretty cheap, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say in the first game, he was like 3,800 or something, and that was the one where, like, everybody picked him. And then I think in game two, he was 2,800. And then this game, mm-hmm. he was only 2,400. So I figured with him having a fairly good game and – you know, it wasn't an amazing game, but you know, you're not looking for an amazing game from your cheaper players. You're just you just want to get something out of nothing, and that's what I'm going for with him. So, I do feel more confident with my lineup than I did with the last one. I, the last one, I wasn't too sure, and I ended up finishing seventh. So, I'm hoping since I feel more confident this time that. I'm going to place in the money and get my three dollars back. So. <laughs> Hopefully, we all we all placed in top three. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that would that would give us some uh, good you know sports talk cred if we finish in the top three out of this. So just one, two, three. Bit. One, two, three. Let's go. It's going to be so, a fight for number one, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I am going to take Connor's championship and you know all that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the that's the end of uh that's the end of my lineup. Awesome. So we'll uh, we'll hope to be back uh, with this same 
lineup of guests. Hopefully Eric and Connor and I all can find a time to work out for game four's talk. Uh, but this has been really fun. You know, Connor's first, uh, first invite to the podcast. Um, so thank you to everybody that listened to this and watched this on YouTube. Um, hopefully you guys, uh, are a little bit more educated on these finals. Uh, I know we talk a lot about it these first, you know, couple episodes and everything and it, we're not always going to be talking about NBA but you know this is the most important time in the NBA uh right now so after these could finals mention, are, could mention the Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah yeah the Stanley Cup too but obviously uh you know that might the hockey uh department is not something that Eric and I know very well yeah um, <laughs> I'd but, be like my my analysis of hockey would be like yeah so the teams are playing and goals were scored okay <laughs> hit, hits were made yeah. yeah yeah somebody won the game okay <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, <laughs> someone but, took a stick to the face you know yeah yeah, yeah the usual <laughs> but um but after these uh after these finals are over uh there's the draft and free agency to talk about but also we'll get into some NFL talk college football talk um as well so you know this isn't just an nba channel um despite the logo (laughs) despite the logo for now we're gonna be updating that soon uh but thank you guys like i said again everybody who listened and we'll be back for game four probably in the similar style of uh of format if anybody wants to you know post any questions on facebook to us at clutch crew sports and you know, we'll definitely answer them. I don't expect there to be many, but if there are, we'll answer them and you'll hear all of our answers to that. Uh, so it's been, it's been fun and make sure you guys listen, uh, or not listen. Obviously you're already listening, (laughs) 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 but, uh, but share it to your friends. Um, you know, just get the word out for us and it's much appreciated. All right, so with that, we're going to end the show today, and see you guys next time. See you guys. Peace.